Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Well, uh, welcome to Self Cell Care. And uh, I think, I think we're live. Um, we are live, but we're, we're managing multiple platforms. And one is giving me a hiccup. So let me just run real quick. Um, my what if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. 
Okay, so we are live, and we are live on all the channels, so this is really, really cool. Um, I'm so excited to have part two today. Um, so for those of you who did not um, join us last week, you're in for just a treat, right, because I have Tom Whitmire here, and he is a certified doula, lifestyle uh, concierge health and consultant and creator of the Optimal Birth for Optimal Child course um, at SproutStanding.com. And last week, oh, things were just on fire, I'm just going to say. Uh, the information um, was new to, I think, most of my listeners, and um, and we didn't cover it all. So I'm like, and we did it in three hours, not two, and we still didn't cover it all. And it doesn't mean that we're not time efficient. It just means he's so full of information, you need to hear more. So let me, without further ado, bring on Tom. Hello. Uh, so thank yeah, you. Last, thank you. Thank you. Last week, your show introduction started with all those different ways to say hello, and we were going through a list of different ways to say hello, and it was in Senegal and Africa, and I never would have dreamed that at the end of that show, we'd be live with two journalists from Zambia, Africa, who are currently in uh, South Korea. So it was a very international opening, and then our show ended up very international. And that's, uh, that's where, where we went last week. Who knows where we'll, uh, we'll go this week. But I'm uh, really excited to be here because we got a lot done, and I'm looking forward to uh, progressing that. Yeah, I mean, um, yes, I, and the only thing I can, my feel, I mean, you see when I'm smiling ear to ear, it actually is hurting my eyes, because <laughs> I'm smiling so hard, you know, you're such a gift, right, and, um, you know, my, what, you know, we all, I think, aspire to live by our highest values, whether we understand that concept or not, we want to do what we love most and uh, what brings us joy and how, and we all are here to serve differently. And you're clearly here to serve um, people so that they have a life filled with love, peace, joy, happiness, and health. Um, And I put health last, but you get all those things when you have your health, right? You get peace, joy, happiness. And, um, so we are live on, um, Podbean and, um, I just want to just kind of give our listeners, we have a, a, quite a few going right now. Um, so this is how it's working. If you want to listen on Podbean, you can come in and you can, uh, uh, go to, uh, Susan Essentials, self, self-care. And you can press a button on your phone if you download the app, because I just want to make sure people know how to connect. And then you can call in and ask questions of Tom, okay, or me, live, or you can also use the chat feature. And that's what I was figuring out on the way. I'm like, they they weren't letting me use the web, the the URL, the website to go live on the show. They're like, no, you need to download this app. I'm like, oh. Bummer. I have to figure this out now first thing in the morning. All right. So we did, and it's live, and that gives you the opportunity to join the room and, and, and chat and, um, and, you know, participate in the show, okay? 
So, um, and let me just put that in the comments real quick. So, um, it's so you go to Podbean because I really want y'all to try this because this is kind of fun. And you'll have to give me grace if I mess it up the first time, okay? So you're looking for Susan Essentials. Really good to spell your name, right? Um, self, self care, okay? And so that's in there. So that's what you're going to go to Podbean, Susan Essentials, self, self care. So if you just want to listen, awesome. Hang, watch on YouTube. You put your comments in there or Facebook. And, or if you really want to contribute, join us on Podbean. And today we have a Facebook user from San Diego. Thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, says, hi, Jody Susan Calhoun. And we have Teddy here, who always is uh, one of our, you know, premier followers. She says, I love your show here. You always have helped me with so many, uh, help so many with healing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So how about we dive into circumcision, shall we? <laughs> Wow. Okay. Little shift. Little shift. Little shift. Um, I'll start the. I'll start. The, I'll take that, and I'll start by uh, saying that uh, between uh, the last time I was on and this time, um, one of the couples that I work with actually gave birth. Uh, so that was really exciting. Wow. Uh, in Michigan, then Florida. So I, I witnessed the birth over uh, text messaging, uh, group group text messaging. Just uh, one of our other friends was in the room, so she was kind of giving a play-by-play play over uh, WhatsApp as they were giving birth. But they had decided um, to not know the gender mm. of the baby before. Yeah. So we had sitting down, you know, person to person with, uh, I sat down with the mother and the father and went over all of this stuff. And because they didn't know the gender, we had gone over, you know, all the details with circumcision. And, and really, he told me yesterday, you know, I talked to him and he said, you know, once the baby was born, they actually had a baby girl. But even though they had a girl, just the circumcision talk in his family was creating a huge subdivision and divide in his family because he had discussed it with members of, of you know, his parents as the older generation. And, they, and he had completely decided he was not going to do circumcision and his family was encouraging him to do it. And he just brought it up yesterday. He had a baby daughter, so it never came up, but he was prepared to go against you know, the family and the social norms, and he was not going to uh, circumcise his child. And that is just something that, uh, a decision that he had made based on the information that I'm going to provide you right now, but their baby girl is completely healthy. And, and uh, as we go through the process today, I'll circle back and tell you some of the stories that uh, he told me as we go. But personally, I'm an impactivist. <laughs> so wait, 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 do you see what my husband said? What did he say? So first he said Andrew was here, which was nice. And he says, when I said about circumcision, he goes, yeah, cut to the quick. The quick is I'm an impactivist, and uh, I'm a, more of an impactivist than I'm an activist. And I believe that when a baby is born, that the baby should be left intact. Thank you. We come from a world where everybody says, oh, the, you know, 
children are born perfect or children are born in the image of God, whatever it may be that your religion, you know, says, they all say that, you know, we are born perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many people say, well, my child is born perfect, except for this little piece of skin on the tip of their penis, which we're going to remove immediately for no reason that we know other than it happened to, you know, my father and his father, and it's just become a long tradition. Uh, I believe it's time for that tradition to end and that we look at the science-based evidence, um, you know, factual, look at historically why it happened, look at the science today, and then look at common sense. Well, let's talk about historically. Why did, why did, and, you know, I grew up Jewish, I'm now Christian, but as a Jew, um, we, we circumcise, right? And, um, as I understood it was uh, to keep it, the penis clean, right? And um, and from spreading disease. Can you add to that? I'm sure you can. I'm sure there's more. I can. But when, just or or subtract from that. Cut it out, honey. When we say to keep the penis clean, mm-hmm. if I were to stand up, there's not a single spot in my body that I have better vision or better area or reach to clean than my penis. It's not like it's, you know, flat on, on, the, on my back that I, I can't reach with these two hands, so it needs to be removed because I can't clean it. I, I can fully examine. So well, along those lines, if we need to cut the penis in order to clean it, maybe we should remove a part of the nose, which is also made from erectile, by the way, tissue. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Found that out on a show with Dr. J.R. Hyde out of Illinois. He, he was telling me how it's erectile tissue. I go, I go excuse me, what? Are you, said, are you telling me I have penis nose? <laughs> so the answer was yes. Um, um, the answer to your question in the most general sense and in, in historically is that when you're born, when a baby is born and left, intact so they retain their penis that's a gland that they're cutting off but when you retain that gland the gland produces a pheromone and that pheromone speaks through chemical signaling to the mother and the parents and it also speaks to uh, a potential spouse so we're always signaling pheromones uh, and we use that chemical pheromone in conjunction with uh, probiotics, so beneficial microbiome. Mm-hmm. And they, in conjunction, are saying when a, when a female approaches a male, it's the pheromones, the probiotics that are saying, you would be a potential mate for me. We would make a good couple. We would make a good relationship. And then that would what gives you that tingling sensation of, you know, um, you know, love at first sight. Uh, when she walked into the room, she lit up the room. Well, really, you're smelling, and those pheromones are sent through glands that can be in the armpits, but one of those glands is on the tip of the penis. Yeah. And also, these glands and these pheromones make you a very loving individual. Um, they really connect you to your parents and to your mom especially. Um, So what has happened over history is that cultures and civilizations and communities who didn't circumcise 
were very loving, very open. They had yeah. They look at the Greeks. The they no. loved the children. Look at the Greeks, right? Yeah. Men hug. Yeah. Men hug. You go to Greek community; they're all hugging each other. And communities that circumcised their young men broke that bond. Those young men did not have a connection to their mothers. They have less of a connection to their wives. They were not choosing their mate based on this compatibility. And therefore, they were more willing to join the army, to become warriors, to go to the next town and to kill, uh, plunge, and take. So what they found is that they circumcised their young, they created warriors who then that they felt that that made them a stronger community for overtaking the next community. And the people that weren't circumcising were being overtaken and through a process of elimination, the circumcision took over. That's at the root of it. The root was not a religious. Um, it was to create warriors. Yeah. It was, it was to create warriors. And, I need and to talk to you about that. today mm-hmm. to create that love bond between the parents and the child and between the child and its mate. So it's not choosing its mate based on love and compatibility. Mm-hmm. So therefore, everybody falls out and becomes, um, you know, uh, uh, needed of the state. They need the government because they don't have what natural human science is intended for us. That's the root of it. So I want to talk to you. Um, and we, we, we're going to talk about how we also bring kids into this world, right? We slap them silly, right? We pinch them, we slap their tushies. And I want to talk to you because, about how violent we have. And, and, and what you're telling me is that we're creating this society built on violence and being a warrior. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's the intentionally dumbing down of America, but it's progressed. And so we, they want no, they want just enough people that are getting knocked down the ladder that they eventually fall into all these spots. They don't want anybody to be highly intelligent, so they take their place, whereas there is the invisible hand. Okay, and then we have a Facebook user that has, let me see if I can see who this is. Um... They're asking, what about the argument, so before I go into my question or my rant, what about the argument that uncircumcised boys don't look like the majority of other boys in gym class, seventh grade? I don't know about that. Do you? Let's just, I mean, let's touch all the rebuttals. Circumcision does not prevent, you know, infections. It does not prevent prevent, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, sexually transmitted infections. It does not increase, you know, a person's hygiene. Uh, none of that is ever found in the case. Who cares what the person looks like? I mean, the dad has a beard, the baby doesn't. Are, are we gluing beards on the baby so that they look like their fathers? Uh, you know, or every single kid in the junior high that takes a shower is different. The, the problem is, is that we're now progressing towards uh, people who are not circumcising 
So it's going to be the person that is circumcised as soon, you know, in these next generations is going to be the one that is different. It's going to be the person that's not circumcised. But the circumcision is actually that it's a sheath of skin that the tip of your penis rolls back into, and that skin covers the tip of the penis because the tip of the penis is such a sensitive area. Mm-hmm. But when well, we like the clitoris, we, the clitoris is covered. Yeah. Right, so it's no different, just the female version. So when you remove that skin that's that's covering the tip of the penis, the penis now is rubbing on your jeans or on your pants. Oh, that's not good. Pants that have a zipper. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. So now the tip of your penis, while you're growing up, is constantly rubbing on that zipper, and it's rubbing itself raw, so you're losing the sense. You're supposed to have that sense at the tip of your penis, so that when you're having sexual intercourse, you're supposed to have, you know, all those nerve points at the end are supposed to be there so you have that, you know, romantic feeling. Right. Now people, the tip of their penis is being rubbed raw, and that's why sex has become so violent and there's so much, like, impact. You know, oh, because they have to work harder in order to get an ejaculation. To get any sense in your penis, you feel they're about rubbing themselves raw. In the, for the un, you know, for the uh, circumcised males, and uh, so that's kind of like you know one of the things. So it's supposed to be a sheep where your penis just moves in, moves out, because sex and sex isn't supposed to be for pleasure. It's supposed to be for you know procreating. But well, we can well, have both. But let's go back <laughs> to your. Uh, well, what, what was your what? question? Is the pain and the suffering that they're putting kids through at the moment of birth? Well, yeah. Let me start with that, and then I'll trace it back okay so first of all this is back I think like 1989 1990 and we um I, I it was the first I don't know if it was my first or second nephew that was born I think it was my first nephew that was born and you know growing up in a Jewish family uh they actually have a party around this shit sorry you know so everyone's standing around a table and the moil comes and they remove the she- the sheet and you know, I don't know who I am back then. I don't know that I'm an empath. I don't know all this stuff. But I did faint. Because <laughs> I can feel the energy of the baby who's in pain, right? Uh, because we're taking off a body part. So uh, let that sink in just for a moment, right? Um, I don't care how much you think you're numbing that. And why are we putting stuff into our babies anyway? Or taking things off? Um, Secondly, um, creating warriors. This is going to be a hard conversation. So um, I grew up in war. So I, you know, my my husband, his family never raised a hand to anybody. I was used as a punching bag. I was in the hospital half the time. Not half the time. I was in the hospital a lot. And you know, imprints on my neck uh, from being strangled and whatnot. And throughout my lifetime, and I'm just going to admit this, and people can judge if they want to judge, but throughout my lifetime, I never hit anybody because I just thought it was just that wrong. Like, I wanted to do the opposite. And my husband is uh, my twin flame. And anybody who uh, understands what a twin flame is, it's a healing relationship. And so we have to heal the wounds of our childhood 
But also for Andrew and I, we have to heal the lineage, right? That's our part of our responsibility. And um, you have that as true. So just for the people who know, Tom is also a intuitive. And um, do you hear that as true, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I never hit anybody. And um, what I also want to now, so take that and chunk it for a moment, okay? I'm at a conference May 18th, and um, there's this beautiful bug, like beetle type thing. It was gorgeous, running through the conference. And I'm ready to go get a cup and capture it and put it outside. And I hear this foot come down on the bug, and it sends waves of death through the conference. And it caused me grief and it also fear. And for those of you who don't know, fear and grief and those low vibration energies are the entryways to um, negative energy forms, like demons. Um, bad negative entities. And if you don't believe in demons, that's okay. We don't have to, but just to say negative forms of energy, right? Let's, let's do that to keep it a safe place. So this negative form of energy is in my body because I have fear, because I now have an open door for anything to come in because I'm in fear that something has just died. And I am crying to my husband on this day, on May 18th, because I don't know what this is in my body. And I know it doesn't feel good. And somehow I got triggered and I hit him. I've never hit him. I don't hit people. And I hit him in the bicep. And I broke my wrist in four places. Wow. Yeah. Now, first of all, it's kind of hard to break your wrist in four places hitting someone's bicep. Just going to tell you. Um, there's a whole story about why that happened and the message I had to give to the orthopedic about using nutrition versus toxins. It's so there was a gift rolled in that. But the point is that the reason it came up was so that Andrew and I could heal the entire lineage of violence and the concept and thought form of being a warrior. Like we had to release that not only for us, but for the entire lineage. And when his mom told me yesterday that no one had ever hit anybody in their family, and I'm thinking, and she doesn't know this yet. I was going to call her this morning unless she's watching the show. I mean, you know, I grew up, you know, on defense. Tuesday was strap day because it was Tuesday. Yeah. So what are we doing to our children when we bring them into this world with a slap on, on the butt and cutting off their body parts? Now I'll let you go back because I'm telling you what's happened over the last 60 years for me, right? And I don't think that there's, I think there are people who have it way different than me, but I think there's a lot of people that have it very much the same as me. Would you agree or disagree? I agree. We live in a, so people are being, babies are being brought in this world with the parental trust being destroyed on instant yeah we the the baby retains the subconscious element so they believe that i was born and now my parents have allowed me 
to be, you know, with their, we still have, you know, photographers that mostly are the ones that report it. Nurses don't report it. The doctors don't part, part. Nobody in the birth community except photographers will say that they're taking babies. They're hold, still holding them upside down by one leg and smacking the baby to say that we're trying to get it. These are techniques that were, you know, from, you know, the 1950s in, in London. So they're going to spank the baby. They're going to smack the baby. They're going to pinch the baby. And they say that they're trying to initiate, you know, cough and breathing. But the baby can be initiated for breathing by simply just doing skin-to-skin contact, rubbing the back, petting, massaging. You have to tickle the feet. Tickle the um, feet, give them a big kiss, right? Yeah. Give them a kiss. Give them love. There's nothing that heals more than love. And a baby that, you know, is in our world still attached to the umbilical cord when it was born at that point, spent nine months not breathing, you know, oxygen and air in the womb. Another minute is going to be fine. And this little amount of time, it doesn't need to be an emergency where we're smacking. But that, that still takes place. I'm not going to say that that happens everywhere, but that still takes place just as an example. But what's happening almost everywhere, um, in Michigan, it's at like 80%. West Virginia is the highest amount of circumcision. Michigan's number two. I was born in Michigan. I am I am circumcised. That's why I feel I can speak about, you know, excruciating or like growing up with, you know, this not knowing why this doesn't function and why this doesn't work the way it should. But in the literature for circumcision, the doctors are still told, like in the medical books, that babies don't feel pain. People, I've I've had people come to me. Wait, wait, wait I, oh, what, what? if I say no circumcision, it's painful for the baby. They'll come back and show me studies, you know, National Board of Health studies that babies don't feel pain. Babies feel pain. What's happening is that baby's feeling betrayed. Then the baby's being strapped down. So they have these boards where they like strap their legs in. They're just little plastic boards. They don't even have, you know, padding or comforting. A lot of times they'll strap the babies, they'll lock their arms down, they'll lock their legs down, and they perform an entire surgery on the seat without giving the baby any anesthesia. So the mom, conventionally the mom's begging for painkillers in the hospital, but they have, they're fine giving, doing surgery on the baby without any painkillers. And what happens at one point, the, baby, the baby's screaming. Like some of the circumcision nurses say that, you know, the baby just screams. At one point, the baby will just disassociate. So they'll just... They jump, actually, it's called, I call that jumping out of body. Yeah, you can say that the soul just removes itself from the body for a moment to disconnect from the violent... Uh, pain, the surgery, and this excruciating pain where they're supposed to be held by their parents and other doctors' pain. And in some medical facilities, they're doing this immediately. Some religions require you to wait you know, seven or eight days. But uh, the baby is then disassociating. So now we're going back to the point that, you know, the, the person may be 40 years old and they're, or let's just say they're 25 years old and they just had a baby. They're uh, 
they're now like in when they're in that medical situation, they're now reliving that pain. So we have other fathers instead of being involved in the childbirth, they're instead reliving the trauma that's now coming up and they have to relive that, the process of that, therefore they can't be for their wife. But it just creates years of problems that nobody associates going back to that circumcision. And then on the other end, we have parents that would even hear me say this, and they'll say, well, I would want my kids to be like me. I'm mean and violent and drink alcohol and, you know, have all these addictions. I want my kids to be just like me. I couldn't imagine if I'm a big, tough guy who likes football, if, if my son was, you know, had a fit, you know, had a loving relationship with his mother and, and wanted to pursue, you know, his dreams that are opposite of my dreams. That's dance. a crazy thing. Yeah, dance, you know, art. They won't follow through. Instead, they choose for the sensory deprivation, the disassociation, the broken spirit. The child grows up with permanent discomfort. Um, the glands are, you know, not producing the pheromones. It just goes on and on and on. You know, um, Hmm. Let's go to commercial. It's 833 because I need a, um, I mean, we're supposed to go to commercial anyway, but this is overwhelming. Like what we have done to our children, right? So let's go to a quick commercial and we're going to come back and we're going to, I'll know where to pick up from there. (laughs) We're going to cut to a break. Add a little levity, right? Um, Here we go. Uh, There you go, yeah. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speak. Tuesdays, Self-Self-Care with Jody Susan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Well-Being with Viata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Viata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. Hi, I'm Jody Susan, Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over-medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yet, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy-based healing. It was amazing. At Tucson Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses, and we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food-as-medicine mindset. How Tucson Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food-as-medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health, how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. 
Okay, so we are back. <clears throat> um, I've been sharing the show. Um, we've got uh, Kim uh, DeClerc watching. So thank you, Kim, for joining us. And Charles Key, thank you for being here. And um, Phil, thank you for being here. Uh, we're grateful to have you uh, joining us. And if you'd like to contribute uh, to the show, you can um, put comments in the thread or you can call in or uh, download the Podbean app and um and you know ask to contribute and you can call in actually just from your phone using that little button on podbean if you have questions and i want to go back to a question um and i and i don't i don't think he's being comical so um he says this is uh charles he says do you know the best thing to come out of a penis and and i not sure charles are you trying to be funny or is there um, like, I don't understand the question. Do you? I mean, the answer is that circumcision isn't the, you know, it isn't this overwhelming majority anymore. I mean, probably 60% of the, you know, the school's classroom is going to have natural penises. The second part is that, you know, when I was in seventh grade, believe it or not, when we had to go to mandatory gym class, when we were done, we had to openly shower as a group of 20 boys, showering completely naked with a gym teacher standing there with a clipboard, marking off that you showered and your, part of your grade was dependent on you showering. So this is, I believe, what he's referring to. Um, this is in, you know, 94, mm-hmm. 93. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, you're going, at that point in life, you would see a penis. I mean, I've talked to, Three, as I'm not going to say majority, but they do not, uh, boys, and the majority in the public school system, showering together anymore, uh, just, you know, due to the way that things have progressed in the world, it's not a good idea. So that's what the question is referencing when they say, well, what about the majority of the boys in the gym class? You know, I just don't, it's not a reason. It's not a reason to put your kid through all this pain and, and suffering for their entire lives. Um, the hygiene issue, what's happening as well is that the circumcised doctor isn't trained on how to care for a penis. That's natural. So they don't know that when the baby's born that, I mean, there is beneficial bacteria in that the microbiome that's established with that that provides, you know, immunity to that area. So there's not going to become, it's not going to become infected but you don't want to pull back that skin. So even doctors will tell the parents that need to pull back that skin, and they're even, like, breaking that, uh, that natural bond just because the, so the doctor doesn't know how to tell the parents to care for a natural penis, so they'll just tell the parents they're circumcised. It's just this never-ending spiral. And really, I'm not going to have all the answers and all the rebuttals in this podcast for you. That's why I okay. wrote a book, right. and it has you know, 12 pages dedicated to this because I think it is one of the most important decisions that you can make for your child, for a male child growing up in this world. Well, and then, you know, let's pivot for a moment to the, to the women. And while it's not done in the United States, it is done um, in other countries where they mutilate the clitoris, right? And for the same reasons. And or similar reasons, anyway, to to 
so that the woman is not promiscuous, I think is what the issue is. I'm actually not positive. Um, but, you know, the thing is, if you're of childbearing age or you have children who are of childbearing age, I'm here to give you permission to change the trajectory, to not have to follow the status quo, and to do what you think is right for your child and your grandchild. You yeah. know? I mean, I mean, if a father is worried about their son, then it's, it's that same, you know, machismo, macho ego mentality. They should want their son to have a pleasurable sex experience. Uh, which is more pleasurable with a natural penis. They should want their son to be able to choose a loving mate, that they're going to have a loving relationship, and that they're going to stay in that relationship long enough that they'll still create so that, you know, the grandfather's name and legacy will be passed on. So if you want your legacy and your name to be passed on by your son being able to, you know, impregnate a woman and get, you know, have fertility, be able to pass on your legacy, it's best done with a natural intact penis. So it's more macho machismo to carry on by leaving your son intact than worrying about something that might happen in a showering experience for athletics. Right. And, and so I would just say that um, we look, um, we're all divine children of God. And so you don't have to do what anybody else tells you to do. And even if they have the DR in front of their name or an MD after their name, right? And we have grown up to believe that if you became a medical doctor, that they had the God complex. Like that they are all knowing and um, like maybe you can shift your mindset around that maybe it's just really different so um, Vietta Robinson who is our hostess host from uh, Friday and Sunday she says in home birth are there are few or no circumcisions she would like to know I would agree with that. So most of the people that are uh, willing to take the risk of having a home birth have, have hired a qualified midwife. They've hired a doula. They've done their research. Do they know the benefits of a home birth? Therefore, they will then be presented with the information to make an educated decision based on circumcision. And when they see the evidence that 100% leans into leaving the penis intact, having a natural penis, so I will totally agree with that. Um, if you want to know, I'll give you one quick fact, but a, a circumcised penis is five times more likely um, to suffer from erectile dysfunction as well. Wow, get out. So if you would just want to hit some, you know, <laughs> hit some studies on erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation, it's, that's uh, coming from, uh, circumcised penis. But I was, I want to bring this all to a close so that we can go on to the next topic and stop. <laughs> but I'm going to have a closing topic that's going to be long. So when we look at the reason why something's done, 
no doctor is doing anything because it benefits your health in the long run, right? No medical establishment is doing anything that benefits somebody's health in the long run. They're doing what is most profitable for them. So they're a, you know, they're a business. The, the, the hospital is a business. You're their customer. They're selling you their most expensive items. And they just hope you're gullible enough to not question it, to trust them, and just let them dictate the procedures that you're going to go through. And they dictate circumcision because it's, it's profitable to the hospital, and the doctors get paid commissions for when their child that they birth makes the decision to get circumcision. So it's all about the money. Follow the money. If you want to know why something happens, follow the money. It's profitable for doctors and profitable for hospitals because hospitals sell the baby's foreskin for profit. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's so just like we were talking about last week that they were selling the umbilical cord for profit, I think it was like $40,000. Yeah. You're saying they're also selling the foreskin for profit. Oh, okay, go ahead. Tell us about I mean, that. Where it's openly it's openly talked about with the uh, I mean the the information comes out and then when you try to look for it directly online, it, there's so much stuff because they got so much backlash when they originally said it that they write all these counter articles. But Oprah Winfrey openly endorsed a uh, skin cream on her show that was made from baby foreskins. Uh, Kate Blanchard told Vogue it was like $600, $650 penis facial made from baby foreskins. So there's this whole segment of the rich and famous that believe that they can get eternal youth, longevity, anti-aging from consuming baby products, that the babies are the fountain of youth. So whether they you know, produce uh, a uh, hormone, if you will, when when they're getting to fear. They believe that they drink that adrenaline. That yeah, yeah, can't talk about that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you don't want me. You, I'll get sick. Yeah. If you consume the, this and that, and foreskin is in that area as well. But the foreskin is always like growing, so it's malleable and it can be spread out. So they can grow these. Uh, foreskin, so it's the type of like cells that never stop producing. They can just keep stretching these foreskins out, and they just grow, 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 grow. To they can spread out almost, you know, almost endlessly. Um, so so I, can, pulled, I pulled, I pulled those patches. So some of the times when you're getting like a skin graft, mm-hmm. that skin graft may be started as a baby foreskin. Wow. So the like. Yeah, so they're just so they're using them in pharmaceuticals. They're using them in cosmeceuticals. Yeah, cosmetics. So I have here an article that I brought up. Um, I I just did a quick. It's LO Health. Do hospitals sell foreskin? An overview of the facts, the history of selling in the medical industry, the ethics of foreskin sales. A debate amongst um, healthcare Only doctors perform selected procedures, electric, elective surgery and they may receive a commission anywhere from 50 bucks to 400 bucks you know just for the referral so that can be you know what that can be an extra 100 grand anywhere from 20,000 to 160,000 
yeah. a year uh, as an incentive. Uh, and then when you have that incentive, then you have these whole boards that are going to, you know, cover up the truth because they don't want to lose this industry where 80% uh, in the high end, 80% of the people in the state will be, you know, circumcised. Um, then you got the whole thing. It goes back to insurance. It goes back to Medicaid. You know, they're covering costs of these elected surgeries. So it's completely elected surgeries, but. Yeah, I just want to go back to what I consider basics for a moment here. And um, look, we were made in the eyes of God. And so if someone's telling you to modify your body uh, upon instant case or telling you to modify your child's body in this case, right, think twice about it, right? If we're born in in the, you know, if we're made in God's image, right? Then why are we changing the image? Why? And is that really what Christ wanted you to do? Is that what God wants you to do? And if you don't aspire to those two things, then just go to the help. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of ways you can skin that cat, right? <laughs> Pun intended. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't prevent STDs. It doesn't prevent penile cancer. It doesn't stop masturbation. It doesn't prevent promiscuity. All of these, you know, things that they're saying, it's just simply not true. Um, what, it, what, what is bottom line happening beyond the creating a warrior, creating violence, creating that, is we also have and this is kind of like the conspiracy of it all, but mm-hmm. we're in a comfortable setting. We also have where people in power who are from a certain religion, then they sit on these boards and then they, other people from their religion come onto the board and then they then dictate down, well, how can we get, you know, people inducted and indoctrinated? So really what happens if, if you're not a religious person and your baby's getting circumcised, you're going, the hospital's performing a religious service over your baby and is technically indoctrinating them or inducting them into their belief system. So as a parent who's just standing by and allowing that to happen, you have all these different factors from the disassociation of the parent, the lifetime effect, and on a religious standpoint, they're performing often surgeries for their religious purposes that aren't uh, holding your same value system. And I think those combined are all reasons to not circumcise the baby. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And then we have, this is Naima Latif. She's in my private group. She says uh, on Facebook, she says, I'm so grateful for my obstetrician, Dr. Odie Payne who gently massaged my daughter at birth until she started to breathe. She was born without violence and has been peaceful ever since. And, um, you know, um, and then Naima continues to say, so I'm seeing it on my phone. That's how I can tell who's who. Uh, She says, who would have thought world peace begins with how we treat a a baby boy's genitals? It is. That's why I became an expert in this 
in this area because this is the only way that society can progress. You can't just throw money at you know somebody if they're in the prison system. You throw all the money you want at them and all the rehabilitation and they can do all the pharmaceuticals or psychedelics they want. But it was at that moment of birth, so the nine months of you know in the mother's womb, uh, this two-hour window after they're born that is actually creating, you know, the aspects down the line. We don't have to live in a world where they have a murder and then they say, who is the murderer? You know, what's the psychological, what's the profile of the murder? Well, I'd say the doctor is. The the profile of the murder isn't, well, they were uh, naturally born and then breastfed and not circumcised. It's usually the complete opposite is the people that go awry, the 4% of the society that has no empathy, has no morals, is cheating, robbing, stealing. And that's how we end that, not throwing money at the problem. So I would like to know what our, what our listeners are, are thinking about this. What do you think? Uh, do you advocate for circumcision now knowing what you have just learned? Um, ha- did, did this change your mind? Um, did, what did you think about this before? Um, and you know, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to really hear from our community about what your thoughts are about circumcision and anything else that we're talking about, about newborns, right? And what a healthy uh, pregnancy really looks like. So, uh, Teddy says, I was at, oh, oh, so Teddy, you were at Leslie, uh, uh, Josh's uh, bris, I think. I'm referring to my brother David, his bris, who, and they were born years before, uh, Josh was born after um, Mitchell and um, Brian, brain freeze. Um, Okay, and then we have, she was, DA says, I truly believe it's religious discrimination by deception. Yeah. I agree. And, and it's, you know, if it's the, my body, my choice people, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, my body, my choice, then just allow your child to be uncircumcised. And if they reach the point of adulthood where they think it's best for them, then they can opt to do it. I don't agree with that, but at least, you know, I don't agree that they should do it, but that's another possibility. If you don't have the answer to this question, I have a question. Uh, can they put it back on as an adult? I would go with no. I don't know the answer to that. I would go with no. What What would you put back on your? They sold. No, so I don't know. They sold it. I mean, yeah. Can you? Uh, so what? The, the answer to that is you can't put the gland back on. You're never going to get the four. The right. You're not going to get the pheromone. But they do sell techniques, and it is a trend now where men can do like a rehabilitation where they can put the, this is insane, but they put <laughs> a little more insanity for a Tuesday morning. <laughs> they put weight on the the flap that remains. They'll put like weight on that, or they'll stretch that out, and they try to stretch out the skin of the penis so that it will at least, you know, extend and then cover the tip of the penis, but you can't put back the, the gland that you lost. Yeah, but yeah, there yeah. is a, a movement to try to, 
you know, reestablish more foreskin, if you will. Okay, so let's, it is just before the top of the hour, uh, five to nine, five to eight if you're in Chicagoland. And um, we're going to go to a quick commercial. Please stay with us. Invite your friends to this show. Share the show so that other people can learn, um, you know, hear another, hear truth, right? Um, and then I, uh, do you want to talk about infertility next? Or what would be your... What, what yeah, you when we come back, let's talk about the vitamin K shot. Oh, vitamin K. Okay, let's do that. So we'll just do a quick... Uh, Quick commercial and um, go get your Java. I prefer dandelion Java, just so you know. Keep the caffeine free going and um, keep it nutrient dense. All right, here we go. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda C. Tuesdays, Self-Self-Care with Jody Kusan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Well-Being with Viata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Viata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. Hi, I'm Jody Susan, Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over-medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yet, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy-based healing. It was amazing. At Susan Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses. And we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food as medicine mindset. How Susan Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food as medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health, how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. All right, so we are back, and we do have uh, a um, couple comments that we just want to answer first, and then we'll go to vitamin K. Um, Vieta Robinson, she says, both my sons were circumcised mainly because their dad was, and the Bible, along with religious teachers, promoted it. Regret it at this point, but they are adult men now. Only a new consciousness teaching can help them. Or that's a question. Only a new con- can help. Uh, go ahead. I, yeah. Anything you want to add to that? I mean, I understand that people have done it. Uh, you know, they made the decision to do it. Their, their religious teachings told them to do it. They went the other way. They didn't know that. It was, most people don't even know it's a choice not to do it. 
I will personally say the circumcised male, I didn't even know what circumcision was until I was 30 years old. I had no idea what it was. How old are you now? I'm 44. I was born in 1979. Ah. I've been alive for six decades. Yeah, I didn't even know what it was. They don't, it's not, it's so unspoken. I didn't even know what the procedure was. Wow. You can say, are you circumcised? Say, yes. I don't know what that means. I didn't know that they cut off a gland, they peel back, you know, all this what's intricate uh, elements of what happened was. Um, but, yeah, before we get into infertility and why couples are having problems, you know, having babies, I just want to do a little bridge here because yeah. circumcision has to do with the vitamin K shot and vice versa. Okay. Um, so what's happening is in in a hospital birth, but even you know even in or centers some home birth, um, they're going to try to give the baby a vitamin K shot immediately, and that uh, you know vitamin K is a vitamin that uh, helps with clotting, but they're using needles, they're using syringes and needles, and almost immediately after your baby's born. And in some states even require this, it's that ludicrous. They're going to inject your baby with vitamin K. And the assumption, the reason they do that is because they're assuming, because they want to, they're assuming that the baby will undergo an immediate surgery and that the mom must be on blood thinners and medications and that her body must be so bad that she can't produce vitamin K shot and that the mom's going to decide not to breastfeed, so they must intervene. So at no point does a medical establishment want your body, does a hospital want your baby to be healthy, that they would be giving them any vitamins of any benefit. So the vitamin K that they're actually even giving the baby isn't even, you know, vitamin K2, MK7, that's the kind that they body could even utilize anyway. They just want to be able to have another area where they can take your baby away and inject it with a needle to create pain to break that love that the love bond. bond. Yeah. And that so, becomes a cellular memory. It just does. And I know this on a soul level and I'm sure there's signs I know that there's signs to support it, but this memory of pain, this memory of discomfort um anxiety and so you know i know that one of my missions here on earth is to help people shift that cellular memory right and um release the the pain memory and the anxiety memory and replace it with peace harmony and joy right and we do that by reclaiming our health and which is why i do this show um you know because this is this is my volunteer activity (laughs) where my course, so I offer a course in birth, mm-hmm. and if you're going through my course, then your body is not going to be deficient of any vitamins, not going to be deficient of any nutri- of nutrients at all, minerals, phytochemicals, hormones, it's not going to have a hormonal imbalance. Um, you're going to check all these boxes before you get to birth. So what's happening is everything's kind of like, all this OBGYN and all this birth stuff was like written in like the 1950s on the east end of London by the docks. And then you had the sailors coming in and they're like being promiscuous with the, the ladies of the night at the dock. And then these are the ladies that are then having to 
deliver babies in the hospitals where the OBGYN doctors are writing all the medical studies. So they're seeing women that you know, may have gynorrhea or they're deficient. They're not eating any foods. They're just living day to day by sleeping with the sailors and other men at the docks. And, and to this day, the problem with birth is that they still believe all of those, you know, small things that when that doctor wrote that, that's where they still go back and get all their information from. And vitamin K is one of those. So we live in a world where the mom, if the mom's eating leafy greens and she's getting vitamin K, if for some reason she felt like she wouldn't, you can just take a really, you know, high quality uh, vitamin K2, MK7 supplement. Mm-hmm. If you, and then that's going to automatically go to the baby. So the baby will have, you know, vitamin K. And even if you felt like that wasn't necessary, you still don't need to do a needle shot. You can just have an oral or a transdermal vitamin K2, MK7 supplement in case there's an emergency. So in case that baby goes to emergency and does need surgery, or whatever it may be, you could just transdermally, you know, through the gums, under the tongue, give that baby a little MK7 if that baby's not breastfeeding. If the baby's breastfeeding, the mom can breastfeed it in. So the baby's going to start producing vitamin K around seven or eight days. And that's why some of the religions have deferred um, circumcision to day seven or so. You know, they have a ceremony separate from the hospital. The, yeah, so the Jews do that. Um, you know, and I want to talk about your approach, like avoiding the needle. Um, you know, things are changing, everybody. I have these patches. Um, they're called the super patch. No, it's not delivering pay. Um vitamin K, but it's delivering a signal because everything's a signal as Tom was indicating before, right? The pheromone on the tip of the penis and the the foreskin. And that, that patch is actually, they're coming out for one for erectile dysfunction so that you get the signal to the brain so you can have an erection, right? But they have, and they're also coming out for one with diabetes but they have right now one for balance and stability, pain. They have a patch for pain. They have a patch for, I mean, uh, joy, peace. And why am I saying this? Well, because all we're doing is sending a signal to the brain. We don't have to cause harm. It's not invasive. So my guess, you know, this is where they started, but why wouldn't they be able to create a patch to that give a signal, you know, for whatever vitamin your body needs to create or whatever, you know, that too. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And the point is that we can, I mean, it's kind of like the argument I have against um, ayahuasca. Um, I like ease and grace. And I know people need to get rid of their traumas, but you can use sound frequency. We don't have to be so harsh on the body. We can, we can use love, peace, joy, and we, we, can, we can do this with greater, um, we, we can just do this peacefully. Look, we, we've all been through a lot of trauma, and I'm just here to tell you that there's different ways to, to approach it. I want to go to Charles uh, Key, because um, I don't fully understand this, so I'm going to let you address it. I'll read it and then let you talk. 
He says, I'm the father of two boys, now 21 and 16. I was at the bris for both of them. It was the tale of two different reactions. My son Morgan, my firstborn, cried unconsolably, and Christian, 16, did not make a peep. The difference was a nurse that distracted Christian by giving him her gloved finger that she had dipped in sugar water. And are we assuming up the pink and up the anus or something when he said yeah, so or the mouth? It's just one of the other ridiculous things that hospitals do because they they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't give the baby anesthesia, but they say not to worry because we gave them sugar water. Uh, this is, I have a whole page in, in the book dedicated to this. Um, basically, they're, they're just trying to soothe the baby with, you know, creating a sugar addiction at a very young age. But they're taking most likely a genetically modified, you know, sugar beet sugar that's been, you know, bleached and stripped of all of this nutrition. And it just has this sweet taste. And they're dipping their finger in it and they're sticking it in the baby's mouth just as a to soothe them and they they think that's anesthesia for doing the surgery no actually and the sugar actually lights up eight pleasure centers of the brain right like a pinball machine so now your brain's on fire right and it's going boom 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 and um yeah he probably didn't make a peep because his, his brain's going in 10 15 million directions right yeah, you're hitting it through the cytotoxin. So now instead of being on breast milk, you have this sugar water, uh, you know, place there. Now the breast milk's not going to be as stimulating to the baby because they have this, you know, this uh, this taste of the sugar water. It's the same thing they're doing with bees. If you know they're giving bees high fructose corn syrup so they can steal their honey, and then they wonder why the bee colony collapses because they're eating genetically modified sugar. The other thing that the, some hospitals will do, they'll give the, immediately give the baby baby Tylenol. I mean, Tylenol sends thousands of people to the hospital. I mean, it's one of the leading causes of hospitalization. It's a neurotoxin. In the United States is Tylenol, and they're giving the baby, oh, well, you know, they're either not giving the baby anesthesia, they're giving the baby baby Tylenol, which creates all kinds of side effects, especially in the organs. You know, it's not infant Tylenol, and, or they'll do, you know, suck on this sugar water or, you know, or suck on this uh, pacifier that's been stuck in, in sugar water. It's not a, it's not a reason to do it. And I'm, can say that I'm, I'm understand that your second child had a better situation than your first child, but your second child could have already disassociated, you know, their, their pain. Yeah. And I want to talk about that disassociation um, just for a brief moment. So disassociation. So like, um, when someone gets in a car accident, especially if it's pretty severe, they'll jump, their spiritual body jumps out of their physical body, right? Because they think it's safer to be out of their physical body than it is to be in that body because there's a threat. And then I'm just going to tell you from the experience, once a child, because it's usually going to happen as a kid, for the first time, learns to jump out of body, right? That's how they're not present in the moment and they're not present for other people because they can't be present. They've jumped into another timeline or another dimension and they're not present in this one, which means then they can't focus on what's going on. And so, you know, I teach people how to ground 
and bring themselves back into body and back into this timeline and into this dimension and then align themselves back with source energy because it's uh and then you have to retrain your body to stay in body or stay retrain your spirit excuse me to stay in body right um and so you know if you're around somebody who you feel is typically not present you know that's something you can look into um my friend rajai kaldani and i um did a, a one hour um youtube event or broadcast and we taught people how to access source energy so i would share that and get them started there first so they can learn how to ground you know and stay you know centered and that's the first place to to get started and i've just been called to provide this uh to the community uh, at no cost because it's your divine right to um not only pray to god but to hear the response so um, anything you want to add to that or I just, if, when we go from circumcision to vitamin K shot, just the next one that I want to hit on because they all come in the, the same order Yes. and it, and it's kind of part with what you're talking about is the eye ointment. So, oh. So what has happened when I'm talking about the 1950s London, they, to this day, still think that every woman that gives birth has chlamydia, gonorrhea, or some sexually transmitted infection. Therefore, they need to immediately put this eye ointment, um, you know, antibiotic erythromycin ointment, um, or O-N. Keep talking about that because I'm going to get the solution. I'll be right back. Yeah. You do your thing. So they're assuming, so I'll just tell you a story of my buddy Dave. He met his wife. He met his girlfriend uh, in eighth grade. Uh, They dated all the way through college, completely faithful. They never had a hiccup. Uh, They got married right after college. And when the time came, they decided to have a baby in Florida and the and uh, he said we want to, and then I presented this information. He said we wanted to decline the eye ointment. And in the delivery room, you couldn't decline it because there's no way he could guarantee that his wife didn't have chlamydia gynorrhea. And he said, I've been with my wife since eighth grade. We're not promiscuous. I can guarantee it. And they still wanted to do it. The doctors, the nurses, they will not back down. If you don't have a, you know, a doula or somebody that's representing you, that's your advocate, and you don't present them with the birth plan and then make them know, you know, that you have this third party here that's going to be in your best interest. So the father will say, no, I ointment's not in our birth plan. And then you have to have the doula to come in and, uh, you know, stand up for you. But it's just the I ointment's completely outdated, you know, false fake science. So the colostrum that the baby is breastfeeding is the antibacteria. That's the, you know, where the, the, you know, if there was an infection, but there's not, that's what would fight off the infection. There's no scientific validation to this eye ointment or these eye drops. It's just one of the other things with a break in the lifelong love bond. 
So like putting those eye drops in there and then the baby's eyes close and then the baby's not making eye contact with the mom or making eye contact with the dad, which is one of the, you know, the five senses that we need to use to, for the baby to say to the mom, I can see you, you're alive, and the mom can see into the baby's eyes and their, her biology knows that the baby's alive. Instead, they're causing irritation, temporary, you know, blurry vision, and it also can give you kind of like a false positive pink eye. So they'll put guck in the baby's eyes, and an hour later, another person will come in and say, oh, my gosh, they might have pink eye. We need to take the baby away in one more test. So, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a vicious yeah. circle. So what I want to uh, share, and so I did have pink eye, by the way. This is CorrectX by doTERRA. Do not ever put it in your eye, okay? But I had pink eye, and I used this, and I and explain why. And how you could, if someone really wants to put something on their baby because there was chlamydia or something, how you would do this. So CorrectX is an essential oil uh, ointment, and it's, um, you know, filled with things like frankincense, helichrysum, cedarwood, uh, lavender, tea tree, and that's it. Well, I did have pink eye. But you can't be putting this stuff in your eye. So let me just repeat that five more times. Do not put this stuff in your eye. But what I was called to do was put it at the high cheekbone, here and here, above and below the eye, so at the brow. And so, you know, this stuff will go where it needs to go because your body's a master healing machine. It'll, you know, tell your, tell the stuff where to go. And I had pink eye. And within a day or two, it was gone. But I never put it on the eye, I put it above and below. And so in the same light, if a child had, and I'm not giving medical advice, okay, but you could say that if a child was born and there was something like what, you know, Tom was, you know, suggesting the, that they had chlamydia or some sort of STD, you could put it above and below the eye on the brows, on the brow and the cheekbone. And it's actually healing the body anyway. It's frankincense, which does cellular repair and puts the brain in a meditative state. Helichrysum, which is the most, I mean, it helps heal wounds and it um, stops bleeding. Um, uh, lavender is for pain. Tea tree is for infection. And honestly, I forget what cedar wood is for. I know it's for grounding, but I don't know what it's for in this particular instance. And so, well, and, you know, right, and it looks like Neosporin. It's supposed to replace the over-the-counter um, drug Neosporin. And I keep, like, boxes of this on in, on in here because I had a burn once, and I just put it on. The burn, you know, was gone in, like, an hour. Um, and the point being is that if you give your body what it needs and we stop giving it toxins and things that it doesn't recognize, the body just naturally heals itself. And we have to shift our mindset that we have to give it crap in order for it to heal. No, not the case. Actually, what we need to do is give it things that it recognizes. It recognizes plants. Actually, we're so aligned with plants, it's not even funny. Now, I'm not vegan or vegetarian, but when it comes to healing, there's nothing more powerful than a plant. I'm going to tell you now. We should talk about the vegan crude. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, um, but anyway, so the point is that you have choices, and we, we're both here to let you know that you have choices. So, uh, next victim. 
<laughs> yeah, cedar wood is you know one of the oils of the Bible, as you know. Well, so you know, I don't know everything, and I did not know that it was one of the oils of the Bible. But cedar wood is very grounding. Um, I actually have a cedar tree outside my house. Actually, it's, it's is it cedar juniper? Is that well? It's it's a juniper cedar. Is that that's that's the thing, right? Juniper. Yeah. Cedar? Okay. That's right. Okay, so I took the leaves from the tree. It asked me to take cut it down, and so I did. And then I started extracting. I did an extraction method here at my house, and I made a um, uh, a tincture out of it. And it's so, I mean, so beautiful. So anybody who's coming here, if I get it done on time, I'm having, um, we're having a, an event here October 1st, this Sunday, where we're building the labyrinth from one to five, and then we're praying for the healing of the earth. And if I get all my stuff done, um, I'm making these, um, this tincture of cedar, which is juniper, and juniper is for grief. And we have a lot of grief, and so you smell that, and it changes and shifts your, the chemistry in your brain in 20 seconds. So, like, there's your gift. Um, so, uh, Chris says cedar wood is very good for the skin and she says, and skeeters don't like it. Oh, nice to know. Thank you, Chris. Mosquito. All right. So next, go ahead. I mean, addiction is one of the things that we have to, uh, get over when we're talking about pregnancy and birth, um, it's not about, if I were to say to a couple, I would say it's not about you, it's about the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's, the baby isn't signaling you to eat hot dogs and hamburgers and pizza and Doritos. The baby's not signaling you to drink caffeine and alcohol and to feed your addictions. Um, you're bringing your mother intuition at this point uh, has been hijacked by the media, the corporations, and, and propaganda, and the medical establishment. Uh, these boards of in industry are paying, you know, millions of dollars to show women that are pregnant on TV, social media, uh, to show them consuming unhealthy, bad products. Uh, they're, you know, the coffee industry, the caffeine industry wants women on television to still be drinking caffeine so that you see that it goes into your mind. Uh, and then when you present the information to your doctor, I would say most all doctors will tell women that consuming caffeine while pregnant is fine. The reason they say that is because they don't want to lose a customer because most of the time the woman has already has it in her mind that she's going to drink the coffee or consume the caffeine or the cacao or whatever addiction may be. And she's not going to end her addiction. She's just going to end her relationship with a doctor that tells her no. And she'll go till she finds a doctor that tells her yes. Because one of the number one, you know, the number one thing that Americans love is to get good news about their bad habits. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Americans yeah. go to the doctor to get good news about their bad habits. You know, they'll, well you, well, you know you're you're leading the witness here, right? Because you know I'm going to be doing a whole presentation about addictions and um, with the Georgia Addiction Counseling Association at the end of October, the middle of it, right after my 60th birthday, actually. And um, so, 
I, I'm, I'm going to take the reins here for a moment. So, first of all, um, in 2016, um, Dr. Danny McLean out of Libertyville, Illinois, who I mentored under for many, many years, he's a functional medicine doctor, chiropractor, you know, like the name, name skill set, he had it, right? <laughs> so, um, and he gave me this research study on brain allergies, which was one of the most um, impactful um, discoveries that I made when I was reclaiming my health, and that is um, about how food sensitivities and the, and the chemicals in our food um, impact our emotional well-being, which is, you know, essentially why my new tagline is emotional healing through toxic-free living. So, how does this relate to addictions? Well, our food supply, so this mom is eating those hot dogs that you mentioned. And if you go to do research on Howard Moskowitz, he was a psychophysicist. What that means is like he understood the psychology of chemicals and food. And so back in the 50s, the very first thing that he did is he created a, a, a formula for addiction. And it's the right amount of sweet, sour, you know, and salt to have the body crave more, right? To crave more. And so why do we want to mess with um, our brain to have our brain be addicted to the food that we eat? Because then we have what we have now, which is an obesity epidemic. Um, now, that's just getting the party started. And so the evidence shows, because um, I've been doing this research, talking to different doctors in the last week, my time is not my own. Um, the evidence shows that, you know, addiction starts in the womb, right? Um, um, and so if you're feeding yourself while you're pregnant, which means you're feeding your baby, um, processed foods that have chemicals in it and have a formula for addiction. Now you now have created a cellular memory in the cells of the baby that is growing inside your body and it's got a propensity to want to have those things. Our bodies um, naturally crave those things that we're um, sensitive to. So for instance, you know, I had 135 food sensitivities. Andrew had 165 food sensitivities. We reversed all of it, and we do it in an hour, by the way, which is really cool. Um, but the point is that Andrew's, one of his was apples. He goes, well, how can I be allergic to apples? It tastes good. Well, you don't actually get the symptoms of the sensitivity until seven to 10 hours after you ate the apple. Okay, so now you're bloated or you're having skin, um, your hands itch or your eyes itch or you're irritable and you're not connecting the dots to the food that you had seven to 10 hours ago because it's not like it was, in this case, let's say it's not a poisonous thing, meaning it's not a chemical and you're having an, um, an immediate reaction. You're having a delayed reaction, which is a food sensitivity, okay? Um, so if you're, if you're in that, you know, if you're in that situation, first of all, you, you know, you may want to get a test, which I offer food sensitivity tests and nutrient deficiency tests. 
Um, but if you're pregnant and you're eating processed foods, know that you are creating an addiction for that child. So, um, and since, and let me just preface this, because I was talking to uh, Jeremy Freeman. I was going to call him Dr. Jeremy Freeman. <laughs> He's not into biochemists. But he said to me, because Jody goes, you know, if you don't want to create cognitive dissonance, he said, tell them about, first, about crack babies or alcohol babies. You already know that when a baby is born and the mother was doing crack or alcohol, you, not, most, you have to detox the baby, right? Because the baby then is now addicted to those things. So it's no different than your food supply is the point. Rant over. Caffeine and pregnancy. So caffeine is a dangerous drug. Um, yes. And when a woman you. consumes caffeine, and that's in the form of coffee, chocolate, energy drinks, cacao, raw cacao, not you know, decaf coffee has caffeine plus tons of chemicals. I mean, the list of caffeine goes on. You can look that up later. But when a woman, pregnant woman, consumes caffeine. It will pass on to the baby through the placenta and into the baby's bloodstream. It raises their blood pressure, their heart rate. Baby will become jittery, overstimulated, and it'll lead to poor sleep and a decrease in overall growth and well-being. Mm-hmm. So the baby's supposed to be sleeping, you know, on their sleep cycle. All of a sudden, they're being shot with this, you know caffeine and this hit of adrenaline and now they're awake and they're awake when they're supposed to be developing and now they're not developing when they're awake and if you choose to do this as well then you're going to find these little small tests where somebody's going to say oh you want a natural birth but you have high acid we need to induce it's just a it's a slippery slope that you don't want to go about so there is no degree of caffeine is safe for a baby the only amount of caffeine that you should consume is zero because it's poor development for the baby. It's the, uh, it leads. And then for the mom, it leads to one of these painful, long, unnatural, drawn out births, you know, those attributed back to caffeine because the mom's adrenal glands are blown out. So she's stressed. Uh, so she can't properly push because her battery isn't charged because every day when you drink caffeine, it decreases your battery. And then when you go to bed at night, the point of sleepiness to rebuild, restore, rejuvenate, all those things, your body. And if you have that caffeine in your body, then you're not falling asleep and going through the proper sleep cycle. That's why when a caffeine addict wakes up, the first thing they think of, you know, one of the two reasons they need the coffee in the morning is because the coffee they drank yesterday didn't allow them to go through a proper sleep cycle. And that is a, that is a vicious cycle. And so I got off caffeine years ago. Um, I would just add to that that if you like the taste of coffee, uh, Ticino makes a great coffee made from dandelion, which detoxes your liver, and has chicory root, which is a prebiotic which is great for your gut health. And now they're adding uh, different varieties uh, like mushroom powders, lion's mane, things like that. So I would say explore dandelion coffee. I like Ticino. I know there's many other brands, but their brands are either clean or organic. Um, so, 
you know, you, you have options um, to wean yourself off prior to getting pregnant, you know, like that. And, and even if you're not in your baby making years, you know, blowing out your adrenals, it's never a good thing. I've blown my adrenals out many times. Not good. And when you choose, if you get a coffee alternative, don't choose a caffeine alternative that has caffeine in the form of chocolate in it or cacao. Yes, and they do have a chocolate version for the dandelion coffee, so I don't recommend that. I agree with you fully. So, look, peeps, uh, I gave up because I was allergic to chocolate for five years until I figured out how to reverse food sensitivities. So if I can give it up for five years, you can certainly give it up for nine to ten months. <laughs> right? Yeah. So 100% no alcohol with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the symptoms of fetal alcohol syndrome. I'm not talking about alcoholism. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about socially drinking and then, oh, ha, 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 my doctor says, okay, I'll just have a little of this, a little now and then. There's absolutely no amount of alcohol that a mom should consume. Zero is amount of alcohol. And I'm talking about alcohol and supplements. I'm talking about any amount of alcohol. The safe, the only safe level is zero. So alcohol consumed by a pregnant woman can drastically affect the baby. It can uh, alter DNA. It's got uh, you know genetic expression on its whole can be altered as well as the physical, mental, emotional development. Um, I mean, alcohol, the reason people get drunk is because alcohol is damaging the brain. So it's in the process, it's damaged the liver, now it's damaging the brain. Now the body has to shoot out adrenaline or epinephrine to counter, to try to like disseminate the, the brain destruction. And then you got this little hit of adrenaline. So it gives you this sudden burst and this small sensation of this was something, you know, that gave me a hit, a high, a small high, but it's just slowly killing your brain and your brain's starving to that. And so you don't even want to go down that road because it can lead to the baby having headaches, the mom having headaches, the baby having infections, the mom having infections. All these mystery symptoms of chronic illness can be attributed back to that alcohol as, as well as the alcohol is going to burn out your adrenals, it's going to lower your battery. And then when you go to have your natural birth, you're not going to have the strength to push the baby out because of just these small amounts of alcohol that you are consuming. Yeah. And I, so first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is a brain spec scan. I am a um, brain health professional certified through Amen clinics. And, um, you know, the brain, it says the brain scans of heavy, this is a heavy drinker. Uh, and these holes that you're seeing, are the areas of the brain that are no longer receiving blood flow activity. Those are the underperforming parts of the brain, okay? So each time you're drinking, this is what you're doing to your brain. It's why I don't touch alcohol. I don't ever touch. We don't have alcohol in this house. Um, so um, it, it shrinks your brain volume, um, uh, causes atrophy of the hippocampus, uh, reduces the number of new brain cells, uh, increases your risk of dementia. I'm sure Alzheimer's, you know, Alzheimer's, of course, 
And so and the blood flow issue is a really big thing because that's showing up for you every single day. And I don't typically um, promote uh, products here. Well, I mean, I, I talk about the products that I like, but the product that I, you know, because um, I had uh, brain tumors uh, earlier in the year because of an overexposure to radiation. And so my friend, Jeremy Freeman, who's a biochemist and a uh, world-renowned uh, bodybuilder, um, most photographed, I think, in the world, he created um, the, up, it's called Upgrade. Uh, the Freeman formula is his website. And it actually increases blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, giving you back mental acuity. And over time, you're, you're, you're going to, it's like any other path that you're creating. The, you're going to create a new memory where the blood flow is going to go back to the brain. And then you're not going to have a brain, hopefully, anymore because the brain is awesome at healing. Your brain won't look like this anymore, okay? And you certainly don't want to do this to your baby. Like, you don't want to do this to your baby. And certainly self-self-care, right? Don't do this to you. Um so, and if anybody wants more information on brain health, that's my gig. So, um, rant over. <laughs> Moms yeah. are stealing from their baby. So when a mom gets so stressed out and they're consuming these stress-creating foods and drinks, like caffeine, um, the mom's actually stealing resources away from the baby. So they're actually like tapping into the baby's adrenal gland for their relief. Wow. Using the baby as a crutch so that they can consume their addiction. So as parents, I mean, the dad can't consume the father-to-be. should not be consuming it in front of the mom-to-be. It needs to be a couple, you know, together saying we're going to end this. But this is what can change the world. It's like you need to relax. Relax, let go of what's not serving you in this pregnancy because of the stress that you're creating is going to negatively affect your child's growth and development, and that's going to just compound into stress later in your life. So if you give up, you know, for these nine months while the baby's in your womb, if you give up all these addictions and do everything properly, the next 18 years of your life are going to be a breeze because your baby's not going to have to suffering and going to doctors and getting, you know, what tubes put in their ears and having all these emergency mystery symptoms. We don't know what it is. We need to run tests and we need to take blood and we need to do this and that. And you're, now you're in the medical system all because you couldn't give up these addictions while the baby was in your womb. Yeah. And, you know, please share this show because people really need to know this information. Even if you share the show after the show, share it with other people who are in their, um, you know, you know, who are uh, of childbearing uh, years and, and, or if you don't share it with your friends who are your age and let them share it with someone who, you know, they know, Um, you know, look, I am, I'm a lifelong learner and I, um, so I don't want to be uh, obnoxious and say I thought I knew. I, I don't think I know it all, but I think I knew it most. And then I met Tom. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm in the DK, DK zone again. I don't know what I don't know. And I love it. So I, I just want to, you know, um, 
really just extend so much gratitude to you because people really need to know what they're doing. And, you know, my husband, um, he had a traumatic brain injury and uh, as a 16 year old head on collision at 70 miles an hour. And, you know, um, they thought they healed it and it resurfaced of course uh, at age 50. But, but, but when he got out of the hospital, you know, they never told him not to drink, you know? And so if you're a person who has a traumatic brain injury, um, you really shouldn't be drinking. And if you're alive, you probably had some sort of injury to your brain. So just love your brain, love your body, love your child's body, you know, support your baby. Um, and um, because whatever we're sharing about what you need to do for children, you also need to do for yourself. Would you agree? I agree. Yeah. So, so go ahead. An error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. Mm. Let's not worry about what we didn't know in the past and the decisions that were already made. Like, let's take this information, pass it along so it doesn't have to happen to the next generation. So even if a mom sitting there and said, I already had my baby, I already drank caffeine, oh my God, what should I have done? Like, let's not worry about it. But let's just make sure that, you know, the grandkids don't do it, the nieces and the nephews that are coming up, you know, that your, you know, the other parts of your family, that you can then pass this information on to them so that they can make educated uh, decisions. And most people don't want to hear from their, you know, their family members. That's why I created this course, which is at sproutstanding.com slash birth. And it, there's 14 modules, and it takes you through all the modules. So it's all the, you know, nutrition for pregnancy, supplements for pregnancy, detox for pregnancy, um, you know, what to do, what not to do. It's all in that course. Um, and you got a cool eyeball blinking, going, woo! <laughs> yeah, and then the on. reason I tell this information, because, and it seems like it's a secret that's being revealed for the first time, is because so many people have a certification that they had to pay money to get certified and they have to have that certification or those credentials, you know, in order to go into the hospital or to, in order to give birth or, you know, they don't want to lose their access to this or, you know, they don't want to have this license take away or they're, they don't want to be, you know, lose their spot on this board or they love going to this conference and that conference wasn't believe this. So, so many other people in the birth community, are just looking the other way uh, because they don't want, they have something to lose and I have nothing to lose. And that's why I'm willing to give you the truth. And a lot of other, you know, people in this community, they're, they're so, they don't want to upset somebody that hasn't followed this path, which I consider the optimal path that they just, they'll just hold back all truths. Other, so that they don't have to upset somebody. And then the other thing is that uh, I'll get into a little history. So I'm a certified doula. So I took a certification that had to read tons of books and write essays and take tests and quizzes and do video conferences. And, you know, I went through the whole thing. And I was so excited when I took that 
course on birth and pregnancy. Um, when I first got into the course, I was the only male in the course. I think I was the only male that's ever taken the course through that organization. They had zero pronouns, uh, you know, as if a male would be taking this course. They had zero imagery as if a male would be taking this course. And there was no indication that a male would ever take this course, which I have no idea why, you know, that industry is so female-centered. Um, but what the main thing that hit me is during, you know, in the beginning of the course, I kind of just lost wind because everything, like even my, I felt like even my course had been hijacked. So if I would say, I would tell a mom not to do this based on this science, you know, and this is my background. I have a certified in this and that. They would say, no, 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 you can't, you can't make any decisions based on science, evidence, facts. All you can be is an advocate for your client. So if your client says that they won't smoke cigarettes, you can't say, no, you can't smoke cigarettes. You can only say, these are the positive, you know, these are the negative side effects of smoking, but these are some of the positive benefits of smoking. Now that I've given you both sides, you're free to make your decisions. And I simply just don't stand for that. And that's not what my program is based on. It's based on yes, no, right, wrong. If this is right, yes, do it. If it's wrong, no, don't do it. And you don't get a decision. I'm not going to give you positive elements of smoking. So all of a sudden now I'm in this thing where I have to rewrite essays, I have to remake my video answers, and they're punishing me for being correct and saying the correct things because the whole industry that's being what washed over this midwife and doula thing is uh, is you can only be an advocate. You can't, you know, stand for what's right in this world. Right, and so that's the same issue I have because, you know, I have my functional food program, which is how to reclaim your health, um, um, and the it also deals with the metaphysics as well, and the spiritual, so the spirituality, the meditation, how to, you know, how to keep balance and how to use foods to stay balanced, um, distinct from what your program does, and, um, um, you know, I'm not changing mine. <laughs> Sorry, I am so not changing mine. So it looks like Vieta may have a question, and we have just a few minutes left because I know that uh, Tom, uh, we stayed after for the first time ever on my show last week with Tom because we were um, given the opportunity to share with amazing journalists. Uh, thank you to Naima Latif. She was in um, uh, Seoul, uh, South Korea and she had two journalists from Zambia. And so we stayed an hour after to really share the knowledge. And again, Tom, thank you for that. But he is being kicked out of his space at 10 o'clock. So uh, we're going to stay on target. Um, Vieta says she became a doula under Jenny Joseph's teaching in Orlando, Florida. She's an internationally known midwife. Are you familiar with her? She's very passionate about changing the stats on the high mortality rate among minority women. I am not familiar with her. Uh, I'll be more than happy to check it out. Yeah, I think we should be uh, changing the high mortality rates on all women, personally. The United States is one of the worst 
countries to give birth in. Um, I mean, we have the second worst maternity leave, but our birth rates, I, I don't have the stats offhand, but the birth rate and the likelihood of death in the United States currently, unbelievable. Like if you saw the information, uh, you wouldn't believe it. If you saw the rankings, you wouldn't believe it. And that's because everything's been hijacked and it's done for profit. It's not done for what's best for the mother or what's best for the baby. Uh, we've talked about it before, but just a, a woman lying on her back with her feet in the air um, is the second worst position a woman can give birth, but it's just convenient for a doctor who can roll over there with a stool and, he, and everything he needs to see that eye level. So they want the women on their backs. They want them restricted. They're told, you know, you can't have any food or beverage. They're put under the, the bright lights. They're hooked up to machines. Uh, they're always creating a crisis so that they can try to do emergency surgery. It just never ends. And this is not leading into better births. It's leading into a high mortality rate for all women giving birth in the United States. Well, and so the very first time, so the very first time I learned about how, you know, the, the actual, how babies were born was in high school. And I mentioned this in the last show last week, which I'm going to share the link for the last show. So if you, um, if, you want to catch last week's show, which is absolutely phenomenal as well. Um, I'm going to put that link in the thread in a minute. But so that was the first experience that I saw about giving birth. Um, well, actually, that's not true. I saw my horse give birth, and that was actually very beautiful and real. And that did not scare me, although it scared me a little bit because it seemed like a difficult situation. Um, <laughs> you know, not exactly super comfy. Um, but high school scared me enough to not have kids. But then... Um, about four years ago, maybe three years ago, my husband and I were watching a show. Um, I, honestly, I forget it, but it was it was um, based in I think the 1800s or 1600s, and a woman was having birth, and the husband was behind her, holding her, loving her, right, and she's standing and kind of crouching and letting the baby you know, and uh, not hit the floor, but, you know, come out naturally. And I think there was someone catching. Um, but the thing was, it was filled with love. Yeah. And had I had that experience in school where they showed me that babies were born with love, I'd be, hmm, I can kind of get into that. Kept me um, unpregnant forever. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm going to be 60 and I don't have those parts anymore. So there you go. Um uh, Vieta has another question before we end the show. How many of your clients choose home birth, Tom? Uh, there's a there's a wide range because I have different clients at different levels. So there's ones that you know take the entire course, or there's those that just kind of get an initial consultation and then go off on their own. But then they, but then oh, you just heard residents in hospitals and all that stuff. Then I have clients that are relatives who have the hospital birth, and they use my information in the hospital birth. But if somebody I start out with them, you know, with fertility through conception, they're all, they're going to always choose um, a home birth or a birthing center. The couple that just had uh, maybe this week did it uh, did it a home birth, but they selected a home of a friend, so they it wasn't in their home. So a home birth doesn't have to be in your home and be somewhere else. It wasn't a water birth. It was just, they just naturally 
delivers the the baby. Yeah, and in that kind of like knees to nipple, um, you know, it's the best way to, you know, the best position, if you will. But you got to, you know, you can go on your hands and knees, you can change all your positions, you can use a birthing ball, one of those big balls, however you need to be. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be in some water or some giant tub in your home. You can just... Although I like water. In your home, yeah. And if you are doing water, make sure your water is filtered. I'm just going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we covered that. In the best uh, in-house water filtration system. Yeah, and we'll talk offline about um, that, you and I, um, helping each other out with that. Um, so if there's any other questions or anything, um, we've got just a few minutes before we're ending the show. Um, I'm going to check Podbean here. We've had people on all different platforms. We're really grateful. Um that you chose to spend uh, some of your morning with us. And, um, and you know, we hope that you found this very informative. It opened my eyes, I'm going to tell you. And, Tom, thank you very much. And so if you want to get in touch with Tom Whitmire, um, his website is www.sproutstanding.com. You can dial him at 305-771-1414, I think, uh, Text messaging is also good for you. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, we have, uh, let's see, um, uh, Facebook, I think it's a Facebook user saying um, a comment here. I don't know who it is. Uh, that says, um, hold on. she's great information. Thank you. That sounds like Naima. That's <laughs> yeah. um, I'll say this. So, Nine out of ten women have at least one of these infertility, fibroids, PCOS, HPV, endometriosis, cysts, uh, breast density, pelvic inflammatory disease, preeclampsia, or like a natural hormonal imbalance. So nine out of ten women have one of those. Mm -hmm. So I created this course. Uh, when you get the course, there's an answer to all of those. What is the cause? What is the cure? And then what is the course to eliminate this? So that's what my life's goal is. So, so, many, so many women get a fibroid diagnosis and then they're told they have to go to surgery. And I picked a friend up from fibroid surgery. And then I'll say, what did they tell you was the cause and what did they tell you was the cure? Well, they, they didn't tell me what the cause was or the cure, but they give me these lists of foods I should eat. And the three foods, the, one of the foods that they told me to eat is the one thing that leads to fibroids, is a cause of fibroids. What, what is the cause of fibroids? What food? Uh, well, I'll just say that, the can of worms. Uh, one of the supplements... Two of the supplements, two of the three supplements that they told her to take are a cause of fibroids. And surgery is not a cure for fibroids. And I know this because she had to go back in a few months later to have the surgery again because nothing was cleared up. But, the, but when I pick her up and then I present her, that's the cause. That's not the cure. This is the cure. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm just a friend, they're the doctor, and it's like you can never be an expert in your hometown. So it's kind of a hard thing. So for so many people, they're like, 
they know what the cause and the cure is, but they don't have, you know, the person's not going to listen to them. So that's why I created the course so that you can direct other people that are having infertility, PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids to my course, and then I will show you the cause and the cure, and then here's a course to get to the end of that. And, and the answers are not hormone replacement surgery, and they are not birth control. No, I mean, they're plants. I mean, like I use, I get, I got, I, I get rid of um, on my hands and on my feet, whatever, if I get like a cyst, and I use lemongrass, and it goes away in a day. I just apply it topically, and you can also take it internally. And frankincense essential oil is the king of oils, and you can take that. And I'm sure that, you know, Tom has other solutions. So what I want you to know is that every single plant can be used 10 or 15 different ways because everybody has some plant that works better for their body than it does for their next door neighbors. So um, my solutions are lemongrass and frankincense, but Tom, I'm sure, has other solutions outside of that. And you want to, you know, have your arsenal full uh, so that you can, you know, find out what's best for you, you know, like that. Uh, But the point is that, synthetics don't work and surgery is a band-aid is that yeah okay that's the summary um so thank you chris chris says thank you you're awesome with all sorts of great information i couldn't agree with you more chris so thank you for that um reach out to tom and if you know or myself if you're looking for um you know energy healing or um, so, you know, um, one of the things, you know, Tom is helping, we both help uh, people reclaim their health, right? And, but one of the things that people are often unaware of is that you have a cellular memory. I help with getting rid of those cellular memories on a um, energy level. So I can't, I am a a quantum energy healer. I can clear. um, uh, So this says you mentioned a link. Okay, Rebecca, what kind of link? So I know that I put in this link, sorry, for the last show that we did, which was last week. Um, and it's also on Facebook there. Uh, wait, no, that's not it. This is it. So maybe is there a different link that you're looking for? And then his, his website is up here, which is broadstanding.com. I just want to make sure that I am uh, giving you what you need right now. But we have, um, or just reach out to either one of us, right? Text us if you have a question about what it is that you're looking for. So he's 305-771-1414. I'm 847-738-024. And you don't see, it may not populate in the Facebook group. If that's the case, I will put it in that Facebook group uh, right after the show so that you have it. Um, so, uh, thank you. <laughs> Blah. All right. So my, my closing minute is I'm just going to hit some bullet points and then we'll wrap up. Okay. But Go my closing it. bullet points that we can discuss, we can discuss all these next time is, uh, I want to encourage couples to stop spending $3,000 for IVF and being put through all the turmoil that comes with that when you can spend $4,000 you know, to naturally clean up the foods that you're eating, to detox your body, to take proper supplements, uh, you know, to eliminate all the problems, to eliminate what causes infertility, um, and, and that's part of the course. So, you know, go the natural route. I want to encourage people, 
couples to stop scheduling C-sections. If you do everything properly and throughout the course, uh, there is no pain when it comes to birth. It's a completely enjoyable experience. You'll have 18 years of beautiful life with your child, so stop scheduling C-sections. And ultrasounds are not for the entertainment of the parents. They're not for, oh, my favorite part is ultrasounds are ionizing radiation and they're bad for the baby. And if you have more than one ultrasound, it's not a good thing. It's heating up the baby, it's causing distress. We can talk about that later. But stop using ultrasounds for social media, for gaining, for getting views and hits and dopamine and putting pictures on your fridge. It should be for detecting and then done. And uh, the last thing I'll talk about is stop uh, eating your placenta. So we talked about that in the other show, watch the other show, but you don't need to encapsulate or eat your placenta. There's no human health benefit. If you take a course, if you go through the steps and you eat natural foods and plants, you don't need to eat your own, your yeah. babies. And uh, the number one thing that you can do is drink water. So stop choosing all these other random beverages and start drinking clean, healthy water and most of your symptoms uh, will go away. So, yeah. so I will leave it with uh, drink so, water. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I just have to show that screen. So people, if you are not drinking uh, and showering in clean water, you know, for under, for just about, actually it's about 300 bucks between your shower head and the countertop model for the water filter, you can uh, drink uh, clean water and shower in clean water. And remember that your skin does not have a filter. So uh, that's something that I offer. Um, and, you know, like this is a no brainer. Um, you can spend money going to the doctor and medications, or you can just clean up your water supply and have a happy, healthy day. All right. <laughs> and mothers are calling me and telling me how grateful my information was because it brought fathers into the birth. And it's the role of the father. So I present this information, I'll do it anyway. But it's best if I present this information to the father, and then the father presents the, presents the information to the mother. And then as a couple, then they decide what their birth plan is going to be. And now the father's part of the birth. And when the birthing process is going on and the father stands up, you know, for the benefit of the baby, towards the doctor, the hospital, to the midwife, to the doula, and he's directing and commanding it, then the father's a part of it then we have this big loving family that grows up together. And that's what I really think I bring to the table is uh, helping to give the father confidence that he can stand up for the rights of his baby and his mother and the baby's mother. And that uh, no medical person's going to be mistreating them or violating their rights or going away from what their birth plan says or creating some scenario that uh, doesn't exist. Yeah, and we need to protect our men. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, an astrologer friend of mine who passed about 10 years ago, she said, Jody, you're here to empower women. And I always thought, well, I'm here to empower both, right? And, and I do believe that's true because there's a lot of men that have come in as a divine feminine. And uh, it's a really interesting thing I've seen um, and really recognized really in the last four or five years how many men came in as the divine feminine. I came in as the divine masculine. And then we have to learn how to balance all of that and have us both have balance and harmony in both our feminine and our masculine side 
versus pushing one side over the other, right? And so I'm here to really empower people, right, to make the best choices on your own behalf. And sometimes I'm crabby about it, but I do yeah. anyway. <laughs> and the information that we just covered is about one-fifteenth of the uh, knowledge that, uh, that's been you know, assembled that you can go through, you know, in video forms and, and that sort of thing. To, and then you get that, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't know that, that was true. And then you go up on the tangent studying that and you're like, oh, that is true. And then you go to the next slide. Oh, I didn't know that was true. Like a yeah. capture hunt of information, but it always leads back to the truth and what's best for you. It doesn't lead back to a stream of income for the person that presenting the information. Like well, and that's really just the truth. So if you buy the shower head, I think I'm making like 12, 15 bucks, right? So I mean, it's not like I'm getting rich off of your shower head. What I am getting rich off is seeing you reclaim your health. Mwah. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. We're a little bit over. So I'm just going to um, end our broadcast and thank everybody for, for being here. And Tom, hang on if you can for me and, uh, and join us next week. Uh, so next week we'll have uh, our regular, which is Michelle Froge, the rock star coach. And we are being joined by my brother from another mother, Rajai Kaldani. We will be doing quantum energy healing during the entire two hours. So free healing for you. All right. Bye. Aloha. Oh, sorry. <laughs>